Historically, the words vegetarian and vegan are not typically synonymous with words like accessible and affordable, so we are going to demystify some of that. Y'all, I'm Chris August, and for the past 15 years, I've been engaging informally in something that I've been calling veg-equality. That notion that those of us who live and cook and eat as vegetarians uh, could be doing folks the best favor possible in terms of understanding our diet and lifestyle by making delicious food. Uh, what I also am going to do today is put a spin on that to make sure that everything that we are making is affordable, is accessible, uh, exists in places that participate in food stamps programs and other types of assistance so that this reaches out to everybody. And what we're going to start with is dessert. And the dessert that we're going to make is going to demystify one of the best known and often just most unfortunately hated on vegetarian ingredients, and that is tofu. So we're gonna make it the base of something delicious and sweet, and that is a chocolate tofu mousse. So what we've got here are 12 ounces of dark chocolate chips. Something that people do not realize about dark chocolate is that in the wild, on its own, it is not a sweet product, it's very bitter. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna add to that a couple of tablespoons of maple syrup. And we've got this on a double boiler because Another thing that we've got to watch with our chocolate that it's going to want to do here and there is seize up. I'm going to give that just a moment. I'm going to be checking in on this every few seconds, but what I'm also going to do is rig up my topping, which is really simple. Just a few strawberries. You can use any kind of berries. Uh, also, if you have some extra fancy fresh ingredients, some fresh mint, some lemon zest, things like that also go beautifully on top of this guy. But I'm just going to get these guys quartered. They're going to marinate in a little bit of balsamic vinegar, and that's going to be more than enough to top this. So we get those off, go back over here, make sure that everything is looking good. We're going to continue mixing in the chocolate chips. What you want essentially is for all of the chocolate chips to just barely be retaining their shape, right? There should be some fluidity to it. It doesn't need to be soup. It doesn't need to be hot chocolate over here, but it needs to start losing that structural integrity a little bit. I'm going to come back over, going to get these strawberries quartered up. And what we're going to do is as soon as that chocolate is ready, we are going to throw it into the bowl where we've got 16 ounces of silk tofu. It is so important that you get your tofu right. What I'm gonna do right now is take advantage of that little bit of time that we have left and just get this tofu looking a little less like a blob and give it a little creaminess. What you'll also wanna do is tofu, because it's a soy product, is packed in liquid, and that is the soy liquids uh, from the actual beans. Leave that in there. It's going to increase the creaminess of the mousse. So our consistency is gonna be sorta of just this side of scrambled eggs. It's fine for it to be a little lumpy because the chocolate's gonna take care of a lot of that. Speaking of the chocolate, I feel like we're at a good spot with this right now. It's, it's all together, but it's not seized up and solid. But as soon as you get it into the tofu, it's going to want to get good and solid, so time is of the essence. So we're gonna whip really fast as soon as all that gets in here. So after a few good stirs, you'll see that everything's starting to come together. We're getting an even color that's starting to occur in here. So we just keep going. You can also use a hand mixer on this. You can use an immersion blender. I've done it a lot that way.
So as soon as this is fully mixed up, this will just go into the fridge. It will chill and can be served in just little small containers. What I'm going to do in the meantime is I'm going to also get my strawberries into my balsamic. All the strawberries are going to marinate in this balsamic vinegar. They can marinate for the entire time that your mousse is chilling. This is totally ready to go into the refrigerator. So we're going to put those into chill. Then we're going to come back and we are going to rework a vegan version of shepherd's pie. Probably my favorite strategy in terms of introducing the wonders of vegetarian cooking and eating to my carnivorous brethren and sistren is to take an existing familiar meat dish and figure out ways of swapping out those meats uh, while still maintaining all the things that people are looking for, right? You still need all the same nutrients. You still need all the same textures and all. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take shepherd's pie, a classic old school dish. Usually if you're American with ground beef in it, if you're from overseas, uh, maybe lamb. So an ingredient that is completely vegan, high in protein, easy to find, affordable, and that will store forever is the lentil. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just dump this full package of lentils. So this is a 12-ounce package. That's going in. And already sauteing in here in some olive oil are two carrots, two stalks of celery, two cloves of garlic and a small white onion. And those are just going to simmer for just a few seconds. And then going to add about a cup of veggie stock to that. Uh, and that's going to create just sort of that soup like base. Uh, the nice thing about shepherd's pie is that like pot pie and other things like that, it takes an old favorite, the soup or the stew, and then it puts a lid on it, which makes it even more delicious, right? So these guys are going, the lentils, the veg, Speaking of the lid, what we'll do, and I'm just going to let those cook a few more seconds before I throw that broth in, is we've got a small butternut squash that's been cubed up, about quarter size cubes. That's going to go into this small pot because that's going to be our roof for the shepherd's pie. I'm going to hop back over here because I think that my lentils are now ready to receive their broth. So I'm going to pour that in. So if you live somewhere or it's a time of year where butternut squash is not accessible for whatever reason, this can easily be swapped out with sweet potatoes or Yukon gold potatoes. The nice thing about butternut squash is that uh, you get a lot of nutrients. There's, uh, you know, there's vitamin A and C that you don't get in some other things. However, the sweet potatoes will also take care of that. Another nice thing about having something like the sweet potatoes or the butternut squash is that something we don't always think about, especially for cooking on a budget, is very quickly cheap food starts to look institutional real, real fast, color makes a huge difference. Even just having something in the orange family rather than shades of white and brown really, really change how we engage with the food. So the lentils are getting good and soft in this broth, as are the veggies. So I'm just going to let them sit for a few more minutes. They're going to do the rest of their cooking in the oven when we put everything together in the casserole dish. But that can't happen if we don't have some squash, so we are gonna whip this up. Really nice thing about something like butternut squash is that if this is all you have, if you are not making the rest of the shepherd's pie, if you don't have any of the other ingredients, whatever, if this is what you got, then you can still make a dish completely unto itself. Butternut squash whips up really well. It broils super well. It, um, so this guy on its own will, will be pretty much the cornerstone of a meal. However, today his job is to be the hat that these lentils wear, so we're going to whip them up.
And the almond milk is also helping with that. So I'm just going to go ahead and see how it does with a little bit of mashing. real quick it's just a quick quality check make sure that my seasoning is all right mm. yeah we got a lot of the, the sweetness you can tell all those natural sugars are coming out from the heat you gotta give it a little more salt a little more pepper and that's all it's gonna need so i'm gonna come over here i'm gonna get everything out of my way and we're just gonna put our foundation our lentils and our veggies down to the casserole dish and what you're seeing right now, that amount of broth, you see how it's not really soup-like, it's not flowing all over the place, that's where you want it. Uh, this little bit of extra will incorporate into the butternut squash while it's baking. It will bake out a bit. So this is a really, really good moisture level here. I'm gonna go ahead and just scoop the rest of these lentils out. And then we're just gonna cap it off with the butternut squash that is already so excited about being on top of this that it is trying to get out of the pot right now. So we are going to facilitate that. And just look at like the gorgeous colors, the way that the color of the squash plays off of the carrots. Like this, this sort of tone on tone fall colors is just really, really, really perfect for a season. And again, it's super, super, super filling, right? It's, uh, it's got textures that, uh, that, are, that are familiar, that feel like, you know, very things that we relate to, uh, to meat, right? And super healthy, and it contains absolutely nothing that I've ever had a face or a mama, you know? You can't, can't fight that. So there we go, we get it all nice and smoothed out. All right, so we've got our lentils in the casserole dish and our veg. We've got it topped with this beautiful butternut squash. They are all gonna mingle their flavors. They're gonna spend about 10 minutes thinking about what they've done in a 400 degree oven. Uh, some of this excess liquid's gonna boil off. We're gonna get a little color on the squash and then this is ready to go. So that's gonna go in and we're gonna have a main course. As Soon as we come back, we are going to do the recipe that will start off this feast. And it's one that allows us to burn things. So stick around. Especially when you're cooking on a budget or with any other sort of restrictions, right? Like so cooking things that don't have meat in them. It's really, really nice, kind of a favor to do yourself to create dishes that have some sort of element that seems fancy, no matter how easy or accessible it might be. So something that I've stumbled upon recently that I'm madly in love with is topping things with oils. Oils are super easy to make. You're just infusing things, uh, but it adds this extra element that, uh, that just seems kind of extra, just seems cool and, and a little more. So what we're gonna do for our, uh, our soup course is a creamy potato dill soup topped with a charred citrus oil. How fancy does that already sound, right? But it requires nothing more than things that you can find really, really easily and no more techniques than you can do with things right in front of you. So let's get that started. What we're gonna do is, uh, we're actually just gonna start right off with, I think, the piece de resistance. We're just gonna take this little guy, regular average lemon that you can get for 50 cents or less at any store, 
we're gonna just drop him right on some open heat. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a little quick rescue mission here. I'm gonna get him a little closer. Uh, if you do not have a gas stove, you can put this uh, on a broiler for no more than five minutes. Uh, you can also oven roast at about, eh, we'll just sit them right there about 400 degrees for about 15 to 20 minutes and it will achieve the same effect. But man, if you can get a little bit of a burn, a little sear, you're gonna give it probably no more than about 10 to 15 seconds on each side and you're giving it about an eighth of a turn each time, you want some color on it. That color means that those oils are being released and you're gonna have a really, really intense flavor in the oil. Do not worry about it being a little black or a little brown. You're actually not gonna taste any of that burning quality. You're just going to get really, really intense lemon. So this will just spin around a little bit few times and actually I can show you what it's gonna look like when it grows up over here just again just a nice sort of blistering all around the outside uh, and this is really the thing that's gonna take this soup way over the top and look how simple this is what you are doing right now to create a soup that's gonna have an extra dimension that folks go and talk about is you're setting something on fire and then walking away. Cause as soon as we get this in the pan, it's just gonna sit in the oil. So you're setting something on fire, you're walking away. How often in life can you do that without being arrested? This is amazing, right? So we're just gonna keep going with this, with this guy. And in the meantime, while that lemon's going, I am just gonna get my couple of tablespoons of olive oil ready in this pan and they're just going to sit in real low heat the the lemon zest all of the oils are going to mingle with the olive oil and it's going to create this really perfumey delicious oil that's going to top that off so a thing that i have found right uh because we know that food is is equal parts science and magic right what i have found i'm just going to go ahead and pull this guy because we're going to use this fellow in just a second anyway what i found is that Food kind of works in a certain progression, right? So this is a soup that's gonna have a fresh element. It's gonna have the dill in it. And that's always the thing that seems to hit our palates first. From there, it's gonna move on to all the earthiness that we're gonna provide with our potatoes. But the last thing usually that hits us, and it's the reason that spicy things sort of linger in our mouths, it's whatever is in the oils, right? So, so this last little lingering note of this soup is going to be provided by this oil that we're gonna make. And all I'm gonna do is really gently just score the outside we're gonna try not to get into that little white pith right because that's where it gets a little bit more bitter and I'm just gonna get as much of this rind off as I can because that's got all those really nice oils and I'm just gonna throw this in here I'm gonna turn it down low enough so that that sizzling is gonna curb And this will just sit and steep for the duration of cooking the rest of the soup. And this is gonna be what we'll top that off. Now, speaking of the soup, what I have going on in here is I've got a medium white onion uh, in a little bit of olive oil, along with two cloves of garlic. Those have already been sauteing up. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna add to them some potatoes. My potatoes are already ready to go in. I'm just gonna give you just a real quick rundown on, on what that looks like. All right, and this is just gonna be basic small cubes 
you know, it doesn't need to be any more than, than a quarter of an inch, because remember, this is all going to be pureed, so what you want is for the, uh, the potatoes to cook enough that they're real, real tender, so they're going to get a really silky texture after you puree them. And they're going to look like this, so I'm just going to dump this about two pounds of Yukon Gold potatoes in here. We're going to get them sauteed up. Uh, you can certainly add other seasonings. I'm just going to do salt and pepper because I really, really want to highlight that fresh dill that's about to go in. Uh, dill and potato is just one of those really, really classic, outstanding uh, combinations. And what's nice, especially when you're omitting the meat from something, relying upon flavor combinations that are familiar really, really helps go a long way uh, so that the people you're serving, you know, don't sort of have this idea that, oh gosh, what I'm eating is clearly not food. Because uh, it is. So creating something familiar is really nice and then building off of that. So our potatoes, our onion and garlic are sauteing up. So I'm going to move this heat up just a little bit so that we can throw in our veggie broth. Now, when we talk about, you know, being vegan or vegetarian, you know, the word lifestyle comes up a lot. And what we really mean when we say things like that is that this is something that really does affect the way that we live. Uh, after a while, I sort of learned to plan uh, my, my life as someone who is cooking and eating veggie and vegan. What I do is whatever ingredients I use during the week, whatever's left over, Sunday is usually my stock day. So if I've got potatoes, if I've got an onion, if I have some carrots, some greens, some fresh herbs, they all go in a stock pot in enough water to cover them uh, and they boil for an hour. You drain everything out. So if you have, uh, you know, if, you've, if you have a system in place like that where you, uh, you have the, the raw ingredients to create broth, that's really, really nice, but you can find lots of really good bouillon, uh, some demi-glace, so the stuff that, you know, that comes in like the better than bouillon containers and all that, as well as liquid vegetable stock. All really, really good. And that's what I've got, is just a liquid veggie stock going on in here. Since this is going to be a pureed soup, we want it to have a little bit of creaminess, so we're going to throw in some almond milk. And now, all we need to do is throw in our dill, which is going to bring just this, this, uh, bright earthiness and like i said any any additional seasonings uh potatoes take lots of seasonings really well dried thyme and parsley uh but i feel like i want something that's going to brighten this up because this is kind of a heavy dish it's potato soup uh so the dill is perfect for that uh it's bright it's got a little bit of a, a citrus character going on in it which will call to the lemon oil which is nice uh and i feel like it's just sort of if you could if you could taste the smell of summer, right? Like fresh cut grass, that's what dill brings to this. So, so it's just a nice contrast for everything. So we're gonna let these guys uh, just chill, do their thing. Well, they're not gonna chill, they're gonna do the opposite of chill. They're going to boil, they're gonna bubble, they're gonna come together. And meanwhile, we'll just see how our lemon oil is doing. I feel like the lemon oil is at a place where I'm gonna pull it off of the heat and just let it continue steeping its flavors into the oil. And now we're at a place where we can puree the soup. So we're gonna get everything, all of our stock and our almond milk, our veggies and potatoes.
try and get all, all, all your bits. This is flavor happening in here, y'all. And we get that in. And then very, very carefully, because it is super hot, get our lid on. And I would say start at either low or pulse, right? So we're just going to just nice and slowly, lovingly get this soup mixed in together. As you see, it doesn't need a whole, whole lot of power because the potatoes have softened a lot. All the veg is already good and soft. So it doesn't need a whole, whole, whole lot. And I like when you get a little bit, some bits and stuff in, uh, in your soup. So if you, are, if you are a smooth soup purist, you can keep going. I like where it is right now. So this, yeah, we still got, got a few little floaters on top, which is how I like it. If it is not how you like it, feel free to carry on with pureeing. And then it's all gonna go back in. And then what you can do is if you're serving the soup straight out of the pot, you can put the oil right on top. Uh, or what you can do if, you, if you're serving individually is each bowl can get just a little bit, but I'm just gonna show you what I do. I just take a spoon and you don't want to oversaturate it. Like you may even have a little more oil than you want for the entire soup because it is powerful and you don't want an oily soup. You want a flavorful soup, right? So I'm just going to pour just a little bit on. I'm going to do about one more. So this is probably about a tablespoon of the oil. And then I'm just going to really gently sort of weave it in. It should just be like this little ribbon of flavor weaving throughout the soup, right? You don't want to film on top. And so now we've got these gorgeous little green flecks of dill. We've got these really nice chunks of potato. Uh, and we have a soup that starts really bright and herbaceous, that has this very soothing warm middle with the potato and all the veg, and then ends with this gorgeous bright hit of the citrus flavor. And this is going to be how we begin our vegan feast that we're going to put together in just a second. Y'all, we have just cooked an entire meal together, so I feel like I can let you in on a little secret from my past, and that is this. When I was probably a teenager, you know how like you have these grandiose notions that when you get grown and you have your own place, you're going to have dinner parties all the time? And I must have been telling somebody about this, and somebody said to me, what are you going to feed people if you're a vegetarian and you have a dinner party? And y'all, that stuck with me for a long time. But look, look at what we have created together with no meat, no eggs, no dairy. We have created a three course feast. So I'm just gonna taste right on through here. So I'm gonna finish off this potato dill soup with a little bit more of the lemon oil and a little bit more of my dill. And I'm gonna give that a taste, which I've been waiting for for the entire day. And again, exactly as predicted, right? The dill first, you get those really nice, warm, earthy potatoes, and then boom, ends with that, that bright lemon. Now, I'm gonna move over to my shepherd's pie, the heart of the event, right? And you can tell it just, it has such substance to it, right? Mm, mm perfect. I'm gonna not be rude, I'm not talk with my mouth full for a second. Uh, but the earthiness of the lentils just really anchor it down so that that sweet butternut squash doesn't take over. They play really, really beautifully together. And again, so filling, 
Uh, never have I served this to someone who asked me where the meat was, right? Like this, this does the job. And then we're just gonna finish off with a, a use of tofu that like, I really feel like if you just wanna mess with somebody, just make this for them. Don't tell them what's in it until they've already in it and experienced all the layers and levels going on. So y'all, uh, in half hour's time, we have created three amazing dishes that require ingredients that you can find pretty much anywhere that will not break you regardless of your circumstance. So if you have folks in your life who could benefit from exposure to the delicious side of vegetarian and vegan cuisine, but also to the affordable and accessible side of vegetarian and vegan cuisine, to dishes that you can create regardless of your budget or your geographical circumstances, this is a fantastic place to start. But I encourage you to just grab ingredients that speak to you and create really beautiful things because that love is really what's going to show. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me. I am Chris August with Veggie Quality, thanking you and reminding you that justice is delicious. Mm -hmm.